Good morning. Good looking group here. Maybe that's partially because the, the, the light's blinding me right now and I can't see. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I'm making sure you're listening. All right. All right. So today we're going to be wrapping up our series. We've been focusing this entire month of, of, of March. We've been focusing on the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to, to bring that to a close, talking about being gifted by the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about how, how uh, our job as a, as a believer John 15, our role is to, I am the vine, you are the branches. Every branch that remains in me will bear much fruit. And the point is, is that it's not even our fruit. (laughs) We're not the vine. We're not the source of life. It's not even our fruit. Our role in that whole entire John 15 is just to remain in Christ. Hold on for dear life. Remain in Him. And we talked about what that fruit is. That is the, the fruit of the Spirit, not fruit of the loom. It's the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the fruits of, of the Spirit. And those, when I'm remaining in Christ, when I'm walking in Christ, those are the fruits that are in my life. Today, we're going to go in an, another level of being gifted by the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and a lot of you may know a lot of, about this, but we're going to be studying out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you want to turn there, I encourage you to do. Um, but here's the deal. Um, there's a lot of churches that will ha- and denominations that have twisted spiritual gifts, perverted it. Uh, perversion does not mean what a lot of you think perversion means to twist something out of its original intent. What I want to do today is I want to teach you exactly what the Bible says about spiritual gifts, not what denominations think or should think or should teach. I just want to tell you what the Bible says. Is that, is that a good, good plan? Okay, so we're just going to learn what God says about his gifts. They're not mine, and I don't have an agenda here. So I, the only agenda I have is I want to teach the Word of God. So I want, to, I want you to always remember that a preacher's opinion uh, is not important. My opinion, you don't want my opinion, you want God's word. We all on the same page there, right? All right, so that's what we want, all right? So we're going to jump in, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, let's go right into it. Verse 4, okay? Paul's teaching the Corinthian church about spiritual gifts, and here he starts off, there are diversities of gifts, the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God. Everybody say, same God. It's the same God who works all in all. And and what I'm wanting you to do is I want you to understand that when I highlighted in black those three words, diversities, differences, uh, diversities, it's all the same Greek word, and it literally means variety. In other words, there's a variety of gifts. There's a variety of ministry. There's a variety of, of workings of God, activities. And so, and then I just simply defined each word. You can see the definitions. What I'm wanting you to understand is what, 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 what happens is this. It's one God. He's working, and it's his work to put in you the spiritual gifts, the ministries, and on all that that goes with it. So let me show you this. This is kind of what it looks like. So I want you to understand, the bottom line is this. All the gifts, all, not some, all the gifts that we're going to talk about today, all the gifts, all the ministries, all the good works, they all belong to God. They're His. They are from Him, they are the work of Him, and they come from Him. See, God provides the gifts He provides the ministry. He provides the opportunities to do good works. It's all his doing. I'm the volunteer. God, here I am, and I'm just, I get to, what I get to do is I get to use it. God gives me a gift, I get to use the gift. It's not my gift. And and, and I don't want to go any further without us all understanding that. The spiritual gifts are not yours. You weren't born with them either. You didn't just, you weren't just born gifted. My parents sometimes say I was born special, but here's the thing. So I want you to understand that this is all God's. It's his gifts. It's his ministry. So a lot of times I hear people say, 
Well, I have a ministry. No, you don't. God has a ministry. You just are lucky enough to be a part of it. If anybody thinks this is my ministry, use wrong. Okay? Because we, we have a habit, and we're going to really focus in today a little bit, but what happens in America, especially the American church, is we begin to walk down these roads of thinking that we're somebody. Oh, look what I've done. No, I didn't do nothing. It was God. And that's what we're going to see today. So I'm wanting you to understand, it is God who provides the gifts. He's the one who provides. So if you're, in, if you're blessed enough to be in a ministry, that was God's doing, not yours. I, there, you know, when, when, like as a church planter, God planted this church. I just got lucky enough to be the first one with boots on the ground. Me and my wife, you know, we, God gave us that idea. It's his ministry, though. This isn't our church. And this church doesn't die if we're not here because it's his. It's not mine. It doesn't die with me. It's his work, his ministry, and it's his gift that I get to use, not mine. So in verse 7, since we started with, with verse 6, now verse 7 here. But the manifestation of the Spirit, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one. So I, I color coordinated it for you. You're, you're welcome. Um, the, the manifestation, so I, wanna, I want you to understand this word. This is such a neat word. Manifestation means to make known or to reveal oneself. So when the Holy Spirit, what he's saying is this, but the Spirit is making himself known by giving something. We're going to have to put the quotations because we haven't got that far in the Scripture yet. But the Holy Spirit's going to give. So the green is given to each one. So the Holy Spirit's going to give each one of you something that reveals him. You just get to be a part of it. So the Holy Spirit is making himself known by giving you something in which when he gives you this thing, this something, it's going to end up profiting everyone else. You see? It's remarkable. It's, it's God's like, so the Holy Spirit's like, I got this idea. What, I want, what I'm going to do is I'm going to make myself known, but not by me just going out there. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make myself known by giving one of the believers, each believer, I'm going to give them something in which expresses me. And they're going to end up expressing me to other people, and they're going to be a prophet to them. The word prophet is not like the, the prophet preacher prophet type of thing, but we're talking about prophet as in a benefit or an advantage to others. Well, this is a present tense in Greek. It's present tense, which means this. It's a continuous action. This isn't a one-time thing. It's not something that the Holy Spirit did in the book of Acts not to repeat again. That's what's so important is present tense means this is a continuous habit of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is continuously continuously manifesting himself, revealing himself by giving each one of you something that profits others. So the Holy Spirit, in other words, the Holy Spirit says, I want to express myself. And I'm going to express myself and make myself known by giving things to other people and they're going to use that to bless others. So each one of these colors, keep in mind, the manifestation of the Spirit, he's going to be giving things, and it's going to be a profit to others because I keep this same color coordination for the next passage. You guys ready? My sister would be so excited right now. And I know that Angie's really excited. I can see her. She's just like, please touch the slide. Hurry up. How many colors do you have, Angie, over there in your... Enough, right? You got enough? She's got a whole bag. I've got all the colors. All right. So here we go. All right. So let's look at this. You're welcome. You're welcome. Oh, lots of color. I like it. 
What happens when you give me a computer that has all kinds of colors and I can pick all the colors and mix and match them? I, I sometimes get the time to nerd out. So you're like, man, maybe you should spend your time elsewhere. But no, this is great. So what happens is this. So as what we're looking at here is this. So to one there is given. So, so, so this is the very next verse after the manifestation of the Spirit. He says, is given to each one for the profit of all. Here he goes. To one there is given through the Spirit. So we're, the, the Spirit is, this is involved of the Spirit, through the Spirit, the message of wisdom. Okay? Now, what's really amazing is when you look, read the book of James, wisdom does not come from us, it comes from God. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to those who believe. So, wisdom is God's, not mine. So, if I have any wisdom, I'm, I'd hope to give credit to where it goes, it's God. So, to one, Do you see that? To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, see that? Message of knowledge by the means of what? The same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, interpretation of tongues. Something I'm wanting you to catch, and I hope that you see this. So when, I'll, I'll just form it in a question. When you see this, to one there is given a message of wisdom, is the one who receives the message of knowledge the same one as who has the message of wisdom? Huh? I can't hear you. Pretend that there's somebody on this mic that's going to pick it up and hear it online. No. Right? I mean, that's pretty. Is it, is it as obvious as I thought it was? I mean, when I was reading this, it looked pretty obvious to me, right? To someone. So, and, and, here's, and, and even goes over the top by making sure that you understand to multiple different, to different people, but it goes over and over and over the same spirit. What he's, if it was a different spirit giving a different person. So no, it's, it's, it's one spirit giving a whole bunch of different gifts to a bunch of different people. So he's not saying, hey, James, I like James. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give him the message of wisdom. <laughs> I like Pastor Paul. I'm going to give Pastor Paul the message of wisdom and knowledge, and I'm going to give him faith, and I'm going to give him discernment, and, 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 and I'm not going to give James anything after all. That's not how this is working. And so what I'm wanting you to understand is that this, this entire passage is a passage about the church. It's a teaching about the church and what the church is supposed to look like and how the church is supposed to, 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 to uh, live it out. So what the church is supposed to do and how it's supposed to do it is right here. There's one church. There's, there's many members of one body. And what he's saying is this. The Holy Spirit has looked upon, upon every one of you and he has already decided I'm going to give to one a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge, and yet to another I'm going to give uh, faith. Now, does that mean that no one else has faith? No, it means that that person has an extra measure of faith to help other people who are struggling in their faith. See, what happens in some churches is they get this passage and they twist it and they, and they, and they take it away from it what it means. There are some denominations and there are some churches that try to teach that everyone should have the same gift. And usually what's, what's, what's always, I find strange to me, is that it usually just revolves around one gift, and it's usually tongues. The gift of tongues. If, so there's churches that will teach everyone in the room should be speaking in tongues, but is that what this is teaching? No, it says to one, to another, to another. Now, there may, may the Holy Spirit might say, hey, I'm going to put two, in, two people in here or three people in here, but he's not going it to everyone in here. Because then it would be chaos, and it wouldn't make any sense, and it wouldn't be edifying to the body. Which, if you read in 1 Corinthians 14, you can do that later. I'm not here to teach on on or against or for tongues. What I'm wanting us to understand is this. If you are saved, and you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have a spiritual gift. The Holy Spirit has given you a gift, and it may be a message of wisdom. And it doesn't mean that you're, that, oh, well, hey, I have a gift, so everyone needs to come up and stand on the stage and say their gift. What the Lord might be doing is that I'm going to give you a message of wisdom. I need you to listen to me because someone needs this counsel. I'm giving it to you, and you need to go to them. 
someone struggling in faith. And so somebody had, the Holy Spirit has given one of you the gift of faith and someone is struggling in their faith and God's already sent you to them and you're not listening. You see what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit says, hey, I know the Holy Spirit is like directing this beautiful orchestra and he knows each and every one of your needs. He knows the needs not only that you have, but he also knows the needs of those who are not here. He knows your neighbor's needs. He knows what they need. And he's putting these gifts in you so that you can minister to them. That's why it says there's a diversity of gifts and a diversity of ministries. He's giving you these gifts. Every one of you has them. And he's giving them to you so that you can be a prophet to someone else. You can be an advantage to them, that you can be a benefit to their life. Has any of you ever needed wisdom in your life? All the wives are doing this. They're like, he needs it. Any of you have ever not known something, but you needed to know something? I need to know this. I need to understand this. That would be a message of knowledge. Has any of you ever struggled in your faith and you needed someone to come along beside you and had an extra dosage of faith to share with you so that you could get through your... Has anybody ever been in that kind of a need? Has anybody ever needed encouragement? Has anybody ever needed... uh, uh, I I need a healing touch. So... This is not the exhaustive list. Let me go ahead and show you what there is. So in Romans chapter 12, so what's really awesome is Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12 are two, two chapters that teach the most in the entire Bible about spiritual gifts. Two chapters, two consecutive Romans and then 1 Corinthians, and they're both chapter 12. It's just amazing. They're both there. They both teach on this. In Romans 12, it says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each one of us. See, each one of us. Each one of you has been given grace. Each one of you has a spiritual gift. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. And what he's saying is this, every one of you has a gift. Do it! Do it! Whatever that gift is, if it's to teach, and you're like, well, I don't have a Sunday school class. Well, teach somebody. Teach somebody. Start with your kids. They need it. What I love is that it's whatever it is that you have been given, he's saying whatever it is, if it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then encourage everyone. Man, I'll tell you what, I would love to see about 20 people in this room have that gift and run all over the place encouraging everybody. We'd be so ready for the week. We get caught up in the... In the negative cycles. The Bible says in Philippians 4, 8, whatever is praiseworthy, whatever's good, whatever's noble, whatever's true, whatever's pure, think on those kind of things. And I think that we live in such a negative-based world. We have such a focus on what's going wrong than what's going right. It's the opposite of encouragement, isn't it? Maybe if we would... Thank you, daughter. So what do you want? I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Brown noser. Whatever you want. Up to 20 bucks. It's yours. I love my kids. All right. So I, 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 I'm going to move on because I, I don't want to camp out too long on any of the... I don't even have any notes under this slide. I was just supposed to read it. It's going to be a long sermon. So 
All right, so this is what it looks like. I, I took the two passages, and I took the, the gifts, and I tried to squeeze them onto one kind of slide. It was pretty hard, so I had to kind of scrunch up a couple of them and add them together, even though they're separate, just because I couldn't put enough in there. But here's what I, I kind of want you to see. The, the biggest point that I want you to see is all these different gifts that are being shown here, they all come from the Holy Spirit. They don't come from you. You weren't born with them. They were a gift to you in which the Holy Spirit wants you to use to reveal Him. Not how good you are, not how positive you are, not how good of a teacher you are. He wants you to use whatever He's put in you to be a benefit and a profit to others to point them back to who? Him. It comes back to Him. It's all about him and his ministry and his working and his gift. So now, we're going to come back to 1 Corinthians chapter 11, or 12 and verse 11. So here we go. But one, so, so he lists all these gifts that we just, the, the one that had all the colored, the slide that has all the colors, this is the next verse. But one and the same Spirit works all these things. All of these things are all the spiritual gifts that we are working with and we're talking about distributing them to each one individually as he wills, okay? So I had to use multiple colors here. So I'm not going to read every Greek word and things because you can read behind me and you can see what they're saying, but what I'm wanting you to understand is here's the definitions of each one of these words. The, the, the one same spirit, so it's the same spirit doing all of this work, and, and, and he's works, he works, he takes these, he, he causes them to function, so he enables you to be able to take the wisdom and make it function right. You see, what, see to cause to function. So he's taking the, the gifts, and you're like, well, I've never taught before, but he's given me this desire right now that I want to teach this individual about God. Awesome. Do it. You know, I remember when I, I first got called into the ministry, and I had not uh, I, was, I was 19 years old, and I hadn't read through the Bible. I hadn't studied it even close to enough. And, I, and I'm sitting there going, man, Lord, you're calling me to teach. What am I going to teach? Who am I going to teach? And then I started thinking about, well, I guess whatever student I have, it won't take very long because I don't know very much. You know, like, hey, uh, this is going to be a two-weeker because that's all I've got. You know, everything I've got, I'm going to give to you. And really, but that's what God calls us to do is, Whatever you have and whatever level and whatever portion you have, give what you've been given to someone else. That's the whole point. So if I know five things about God, I'm going to teach those five things about God until he gives me a sixth thing to teach and a seventh thing to teach and an eighth thing. And then before long, I just keep teaching because he keeps teaching me. So... He, do, he works all these things. He distributes them. That means he divides them out. He, he separates them out to each one individually. That means that God has taken his time to give you the gift he wants you to have. As he wills. As he wishes. God's going to do what God wants to do. He's going to give to you what he wants to give to you. Whether you asked for it or not. It, he's in charge. God's in charge. And he says, if, you may sit there and say, well, I don't want to teach. And he goes, well, I want you to teach. It's not your call. He says, this is what I'm going to give you. And now I want to see if you're going to be faithful with it. See, the Spirit, and this all is present tense, meaning that the Spirit is continuously distributing gifts. So, and the other thing to realize is this. Today, you could walk in and he could put on your heart an encouraging word for someone else and you go over and you share that encouraging word with someone else and then he goes okay great well done my good and little faithful servant the next week you show up and he goes now I want I'm going to give you a message of wisdom for this other person and you were faithful with doing that you went over to that person and you shared your heart with them and then he goes wow well done the next time he goes, well, now I want, I'm going to have you, I'm going to have, I'm going to place on your heart the gift of healing, and that I'm going to bring someone down to the front, and you're going to pray over them, and I'm going to do an amazing work. But what happens if I'm afraid and I stay in my seat when I know I'm not supposed to? Then that person misses out, and you miss out. Both miss out. I wonder how many 
miracles we've missed because we were afraid. I wonder how many things, messages of wisdom and, and, and encouraging words from the Lord we've missed because of fear. I wonder how many people have missed out on a word of encouragement because you were afraid you would mess it up. How many people didn't get taught the thing that they were supposed to get taught because you didn't feel like you were a teacher? Whew. You guys got quiet on me. We haven't even got to the, the toe stomping on part. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That was part of it. Okay. So the Spirit is continuously doing this because that's how He makes the church function. It's not about you and your natural abilities. It's about the Holy Spirit working through you to be a blessing to the other people in the body and outside of the body. Now, so, I started thinking this would be a good stopping point for the sermon. I mean, if you want. I mean, I have... So, I'm on slide number eight. I do have up to 15 I had thought about that we, we could go ahead and talk about, like, does God give us a measure of the gift? Does he give us all the equal amount of gifts? Does he give everybody, you know, but I didn't want to force you guys into that study. If you guys want to go a little bit further, I can go a little bit further, or we can close in prayer right now. All right, okay, your choice. I'm just saying, you called it. Okay, so, <laughs> I wanted to, to look at one of the things that the Lord, and this was, I was kind of done here earlier in the week, and then yesterday I was driving down the road, and God just started pouring more into me about does God give everyone the same measure? Like if, if God gave me a gift of teaching, and God gave somebody else this, the gift of teaching, do we have the exact, did we start off with the exact same measure Did God give us the exact same? Because he's talking about proportions, right? I mean, the Bible's talking about do it in proportion. And and, and so I was like, well, God, is that how it works? Is we all start off at a level one and we got to work our way up? The answer is no. In fact, in Romans 12, that talks about spiritual gifts. In verse 3, it says this, For I say through the grace given me, this is Paul, to everyone among you, he says, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Okay. I'm going to answer the question that I posed a little bit ago, but I first got to, we, we can't skip to that part. But think of himself soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. We're going to focus on God dealing with a measure of faith secondly. The first thing that we're going to do is this. I think sometimes as ministries grow, churches grow, it is a very tempting thing for leaders to start thinking that it's them. That it's kind of like, well, I'm God's gift to church growth, or I'm God's gift to teaching, or man, I'm doing God a big favor. I think sometimes when success happens in ministry, leaders can very easily forget that it has nothing to do I mean, there is a part that they play in this, but it's not their gift. It's not their ministry. And the moment I think I'm something, I become nothing. Pride is a church killer. Pride is a ministry killer. When we start thinking we're something. See, I'm not above the gift given me. I'm just tickled to death that God decided to give me a gift at all. And I'm not above the one who gave it to me. Sometimes I have to learn how to stay in my lane. Does that make sense? Staying in your lane. Realizing that God is the, this is his church, not my church. Some, you know, we, we, we hey, Daniel, your church. Nope, it's God's church. We're all just. Happy as can be to be a part of this. This is God's thing. This is His work. This is His ministry. So if you're in a ministry, guess what? It's His ministry. 
Roland doesn't belong to Jared. It's God's ministry. The moment it becomes Jared's ministry, it's done. The moment that this becomes my ministry, it's done. The moment that I think that, hey, this church is growing because of me, it's done. And you begin to immediately lose. See, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Leaders, I'm speaking to you, all of you right now. I want you to give yourself an honest assessment and ask yourself, is there the success that your ministry may be experiencing? Is there any part of that pride trying to slip into your life and making you think that it's because of anything that you did? Because if your answer is, I kind of was thinking that it was something that I was doing, then maybe that's a, a humbling thing that you need to put in your life. That's where you need to put yourself back in check. Put yourself back in the lane that you're supposed to be in. Paul says, this is a passage, he says, what is Paulos? What is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. See, we've all, everywhere I read through the Bible, I keep seeing where God is making the assignment. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what I want you to do. And he says, you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. God made it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything. That's my favorite part. That's why I highlighted it. My favorite part is this. Paul's saying this. Paul's saying, listen, I'm nothing. And he's saying, Apollos, no matter how good at watering he is, he's nothing. I, I planted, he watered, neither one of us could make it grow. God is what makes it grow. When a ministry is growing, it's because God is there in that place. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with Cheyenne. It has nothing to do with Pastor Paul or, or, or Pastor, my brother-in-law, Garrick. He loves that. Here's the reality. It has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with God. He's the one who makes it grow. Paul knew his role. He knew his place. His place is I'm nothing. I'm throwing seed. Paulus is realizing, hey, I am nothing. I'm just watering the seed. And then they get to stand back and see what God does. When a ministry's focused on God, that's when he moves. Only God who makes it grow. Isn't that amazing? Sometimes you sit there and you kind of have an answer maybe why some churches don't grow. Church is not growing. There should be some deep, deep questions being asked. Some tough questions that need to be asked. Now, coming back to Romans chapter 12, where it says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought, but think soberly as God has dealt to each a measure of faith. I love this. God has dealt to each a measure of faith. So there's some doctrines out there that teach that you can't come to God without God. And they use this verse out of context, of course. With, out of context, you would be saying, well, hey, that's the proof that God gives you the faith to believe in him. That's not the case because Ephesians chapter 1 talks about salvation. And in that salvation, it says, you have believed, not God believed for you. But what this teaches is something quite different. You have placed your faith in God. Thus you were saved. Then now that you're saved, the Holy Spirit, God says, hey, I want to give you an extra dosage of faith. I'm going to give you a boost. I'm going to give you a little bit more than what you have. Here's what's amazing is that you have some faith. And then God says, hey, I got a gift for you. And I got an extra measure of faith for you. Get to work. Isn't that amazing? 
What I hope that you will begin to see over and over and over as we look at the Word of God is how much God does and how much I don't do. (laughs) I'm just constantly trying to stay out of the way. God has dealt to each a measure of faith. When you got saved... He's giving you not only a gift, but now He's giving you an extra measure. Wow. Now, this is an aorist tense, which is interesting. This is not present tense. So He's not constantly just pouring over faith. Aorist tense means He effectively did it once. Didn't need to happen again. And it means also there's an implication that I should be doing something with that faith. Some of us have received a measure of faith and done nothing with it. That kind of hurts, doesn't it? In fact, throughout the Bible, over and over and over, I remember in in the book of Hebrews, it says, by now you should be teachers, but you're you're still drinking milk. And you're and then in, in, in First Corinthians chapter three and in chapter one, he, he, Paul's getting on to the church and he says, "You should be eating solid food, but I still have to give you milk because you're not ready for it. You're not grown up yet." See, God has dealt each one of you a measure of faith. When you placed your faith in God. He then gave you an extra. So you had a level of faith. I, I, I was thinking about getting cups and stuff out here, but then I thought I'd probably make a mess. But if you start off with a measure, and then God just gives you an extra measure to the measure. He doesn't do this every single day, and it doesn't mean that he can't do it more than once, but tense means that he did it effectively when he did it. It means that it happened. God has dealt you a measure of faith. You had faith, and then he gave you more faith. He didn't give you more faith before you had faith, because then he would have gotten saved for you. You placed your faith, however little it was, whatever little bit of faith that you had in God, you placed it in him, you got saved in him, and then he gave you an extra measure. Don't get it confused. So, He gives us this extra measure. And why is it so important to have an extra measure of faith? I put up here just just in parentheses here, James 2.17. James 2.17 says, uh, 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 faith without deeds is dead. If you say you have faith and there's nothing following your faith, there's no action to your faith, your faith is dead. And guess what? God doesn't give dead stuff. You following me? So if he's given you a faith... A measure of faith. There's something small. There's some that should be some 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 high octane gas there. It should it should get the motor running. Get your motor running. Come on, where was you? I even you almost you almost let that out, Josh. Next time. He wanted to. I saw it, and then he's like, "Oh no, I don't want everybody to hear me." All right. I bet you could. I bet you could do a really good rendition of that. Anyways, all right. So. Now that I've compared God's faith to a classic rock song, as my kids like to tell me, they're like, I'll see you at the altar, Dad. Yeah. All right. Right after you, kids. Okay, so. So faith without deeds is dead. And and, and in, in Hebrews eleven six 6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to even please God. I can't please God without faith. And, with, and, and without faith, there's no deeds. So deeds without, uh, uh, faith without deeds is dead. So what he's saying is this, you had, you had enough faith to put your, your belief in me. I'm giving you more. Now let's get going. Let's get to ministering. Let's get to serving. Let's get to encouraging. Let's get to giving wisdom and knowledge and helping people and having faith to help carry people through the storms of life. See, what happens in the body is each one of you has a ministry, whether you have a title or not, or whether you belong to a, a titled ministry like vet, Veterans on a Mission or, or Roll-On or Ann's House. Those are our ministries that belong to God. Every one of you has a ministry that's been given by God. 
And that may be to encourage others. That may be to give wisdom. Or that may be to, to go along people and have faith when they don't have faith. And your faith is help carrying them through. The point is, is that every one of you has a ministry. You don't have to have 20 people all around you to have a ministry. He's already given you the assignment. He's already given you the task. Don't let fear get in the way. In verses 4 through 6 in Romans 12, it says this, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. I've been explaining that the whole time. There's many members in this body, and you don't all have the same function. We being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. What this is teaching is that as the body of Christ, we belong to one another. That's why a, a church is a family of God. We, should, we are brothers and sisters. We, are, we, are, we belong to each other. When you're struggling, I struggle. When I struggle, you struggle. When you're happy, I'm happy. That's what church is supposed to look like. He says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, meaning that every one of us has different gifts, and it's all according to the grace that's been given to you. So if it's to prophesy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Whatever faith you started off with, and whatever measure God gave you, you do it to that. You're not held above that. If your faith is here, God's not expecting it to be here. What he says is that you started off with a measure of faith, I'm giving you a measure, and by that measure, by what you have is what you do. Now guess what happens as you begin to exercise the faith? It grows. Just like when you begin to exercise your muscles, they grow. Hopefully, if you're using weights on a regular basis and you pay a personal trainer many, many dollars. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. So, but he's saying do it to the proportion. So here's what often happens. Like, well, I'm not so-and-so and I'm not this and I'm not that. And what we do is we corner and put ourselves in a corner saying, I shouldn't do anything because of my past. I shouldn't do anything because I'm not adequate enough i'm not god's not saying hey i want you to go and 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 teach on a master's level of theology he's saying i want you to walk across the room and i have something for you to say be faithful with that i want you to meet somebody at the altar today i want i'm going to put somebody on your heart and you're going to grab them before they walk out the door and you're going to ask them if they're okay and if they're not you're going to pray with them You see, that's what the Holy Spirit does in all of us. He's got, this is one body, many members. And if we think that one pastor can minister to all, we're wrong. But we can minister to each other. See, God determines how this works out. I'm going to kind of bring this to a, a close through a parable that Jesus taught. He taught a parable of the talents in Matthew 25. And this parable starts off, he says, the kingdom of heaven is like this. It's like a man who, who, who owned a kingdom and he had many servants and he went off to a distant land. Well, before he did, he brought three of his servants in. To one servant he gave five bags of gold. To another servant he gave two bags of gold. Yet to another one he gave one bag. Each according to to his ability. Isn't that interesting? See, God did not expect the one who had one to do what the one who had five. See, what I love about God is he doesn't put more on your plate than what should be on your plate for now. Doesn't mean that if you're faithful with the one, he won't give you another one at the end of the day. But what he does is he doesn't put on your plate more than your plate's ready to handle. He doesn't go to our youth because guess what? Our youth They have gifts. If they are saved by God and are saved, then they have a spiritual gift. They may just not know what it is yet. They have a gift. God's not going to expect them. He's not going to put um, on their plate what, what some of us adults should have on our plate. 
Some of us have on our plates more than what we're actually working with. I don't like peas. And we keep sliding them off and trying to get the dog to eat them. He ain't eating them. So each according to their ability. The man who received five bags, look at this. The man who received five bags of gold went at what? Once and put his money to work and gained five more. Then towards the end of this, ser- this, this time, he then brings his bags to the master. So this is put in brackets. To, um, this is not actually in the verses. I'm just kind of jumping to the end of the story. What happens is the one who had five, he put it to work and gained five more. The one who had two gained two more. And the one who had one went and dug a hole and hid it. Okay, so what happens is the one who had five, he shows back up. His master comes home. He runs to his master. Hey, I have, look, I've got five more. Well done, the master says. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Mm, 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 mm. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. Now check this out. So how does this ability work, right? So if God is the one giving me this gift, He then gives me the measure of faith to wield the gift. That ability comes not from me. It was already something given to me by God, so I still... So where does this ability... Like, where does... God come in and determine how much he was going to give. Think about this. How did God determine one having five and one having two and one having one? How did God determine that? One, God is infinite in wisdom. But I believe the answer is already in the scripture. How he... The first thing is this. The passage gives the answer. How did God determine this? One, faithful. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Follow me. Faithful servant. Then he says, you've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. See, at the end of this passage, what's so cool about this passage is God, said, God says the one who had five now has ten. Now, he's already in, he was in charge of only five things, but because he was faithful, now he has ten things that he's in charge of. God never, did you notice that in that scripture, he never took it away? He never said, oh, hey, I'm taking, taking the five, now go make more, five more. He, he just left the ten with the guy who started off with five. The guy who started off with two who said, hey, look, you gave me two, I have two more. God says, great, come and share. You're, you're faithful with what I, you're faithful with the assignment I gave you. Now I'm going to give you a bigger assignment. You see, that's how it works. Have you been faithful in the, in the, in the assignments that God has given you? If you have, he'll give you a bigger assignment. One, he's not going to give you an assignment that you are incapable of doing, but he's going to give you an assignment. And when you're faithful with that assignment, then your assignments keep getting bigger. Because what he says is, well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been entrusted with a little. Now I'm going to give you a lot. He doesn't start off saying, hey, I gave you a lot. You messed it all up, and now I'm going to give you a little. He says, I'm going to give you a little. And as you're faithful with a little, I'm going to give you more and more and more until it becomes a lot. The second thing that I want you to see is obedience. The man went at once and put it to work, didn't he? You see that? Faithful obedience will determine the measure. Faithful obedience will determine the measure of what you're given. Isn't that awesome? It doesn't say that I'm really good at it. It just faithful obedience. Sometimes we're just going to crawl through this, trip and stumble through it, but what God is looking for is faithful obedience. Not one part in this passage was like, oh man, 
you, you've got to be effective and efficient. And, you know, here's the 20, 25 statements of, of, of leadership. He goes, I want you to be faithful and I want you to be obedient. Trip and fall, whatever. Faithful obedience. So, so let me break this all down for you. And I have one slide after this slide. God gives us the gift. I, I want you to see it. This is what I find so amazing about God. So here's, let, let's, let's get it all straight. Number one, God gives us the gift. I didn't, it wasn't in me. He gave it to me. So God, not only did he save me, my soul from, from sin, he, he, he gave me eternal life. He, he, he forgave all of my sin. He, he wiped me and made me whiter than snow. He justified me. He, he gave me new birth. He's sanctifying me, making me a better person because I can't do it on my own. And, and, and he calls me a child of God. Now, on top of all of that, now he gives me a gift, a spiritual gift. He gives it. And he also then gives me the measure of faith to do it. Is that not a God worth worshiping? Is that not a God worth giving praise to? He gives the gift. He gives me the measure of faith to deal with the gift. And then, me just trying to be faithful and obedient, he then, after I, I do, God then rewards us. God rewards us for faithful obedience with what he's given us. Here, I'm going to give you the faith, and I'm going to give you the gift, and here's the faith. Go, and we're like, okay, I went. I don't know how that went, but I sure went. And he was like, now come share in my happiness. I'm so proud of you. I'm going to let you do more next time. Man. And I love this. When the gracious gift of the Holy Spirit meets the faithful obedience of a believer, a move of God happens. Write that down, folks, because my prayer is that each one of you will become that faithful, obedient servant of God. Each one of you. And then I can't wait to see what God does through you. I can't wait to see how God manifests himself in you. That should be pretty exciting. How does God want to show off? And he's going to do it inside of you. It's going to be something that, that you don't think, that maybe you might not think is so significant. You're going to walk across the room one day and you're like, man, I see this person and they just, they're on my heart right now and I've got to go. My mom was telling me she's driving down the road and she went to a, um, a, a nursing home and, and she, she told me yesterday this story. She goes, I, I'm driving the road and I'm thinking about this lady and I, and I just can't stop thinking. And she goes, Daniel, I had to go. I said, what do you mean? And she goes, I had to. I turned my car around and I drove all the way back the next day. I had to go back and sit down and talk to that lady. And I'm so glad I did. I got to share Jesus with her. I got to encourage her. I got to do these. Man, that's faithful obedience. When you're like, when God just shows you a person, shows you a name, all of a sudden you see that and you're like, oh, I know him. Oh, man. And there's that little terror of like, don't do it. Right? You know, you guys know what I'm talking about. You're like, oh, I don't know their name. So what? Paul doesn't know anybody's name either. He says brother and sister all the time. He always says, he always comes over and he goes, hey, what's that person's name? And I'm like, oh, kind of going through the Rolodex of my brain. And he's like, I thought pastors were supposed to know his sheep by name. I'm like, I'm trying. Hold on, hold on, hold on. And then he goes, I just use brother and sister. Okay, all right. Here's the thing is, who cares if you, don't, if you forgot their name? Or maybe you should know their name. But who cares? Be faithful. That's what it's about. Be faithful and obedient to what God places on your heart. What if you just close your heart altogether because you don't want? What if some of us have said, God, I don't want to do anything. I'm too terrified to do it. I'm so un inadequate. I don't believe you know, in myself enough to do anything. It's not about you even believe. All you got to do is believe in God, and he already has the job for you. Some of us sit back and say, uh-uh, I, I I'm not going to do anything. And we've shut our ears to God. I want you to understand if you're doing that, you're not just hurting you. You're hurting someone else in this room. 
Because God has an assignment for you to be a benefit and a profit to them. Here's my warning. Well, not my warning, the the biblical warning. In the same passage, the servant who had one bag of gold did not go at once and put it to work. He instead dug a hole and hid it. And he comes to his master and he says, Look, I know that you're a hard man and that you 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 sow where you don't you reap where you did not sow and 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 so I was afraid and so I hid your gift. Here it is, your one gift you gave me, I'm giving it back. Here it is. And the master says, You wicked, lazy. See that word lazy? That could be interpreted, you wicked, unfaithful servant. Hmm? Take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken. That's a tough passage, isn't it? That's why I'm telling you, you don't use it, you lose it, right? So my question that I want you to think about today, I want you to ask yourself, this is between you and God, not you and me, this is you and God question. Are you faithfully obedient with what God has given you? Are you being faithful and obedient to the gift that God's given you. Some of you are sitting here going, I don't even know what that is. We have classes that we offer all the time to help you discover those gifts. But you don't need a test to do that. A lot of times, the people who are closest to you know what your gift is. If it's encouraging, they know it. But a lot of what this is, is God, use me. What do you want me to do? And then you be quiet and listen and then do what he tells you to do. Maybe if we spent less talking in our prayer and more listening in our prayer and more asking God what he wants us to do, we would actually be more fruitful in the life that we live. So I want you to bow your heads and I want you to close your eyes today and I want you to ask that question. God, Am I faithful with what you've been given me? Am I being faithful? See, if you haven't been faithful and and you know that, you already know the answer to this. Guys, God doesn't make this hard. Apologize. God, I'm sorry. Give me a, a second chance. Or maybe a third chance. Or a fourth chance. Or God, give me the 559th chance. I've messed up all 558 times before. Give me another chance. Don't put your head in the sand. Don't put your head in the sand and say, I don't want to, 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 to use these gifts. There's, we, we, we have a culture who... That, that, that's all around us that says, I don't want to do anything for anyone, but I want everyone to do it for me. Don't be that. That's not what our faith is supposed to look like. Our faith is supposed to be expressed. It's supposed to come out of us. It doesn't matter if you've been saved for one week. If you've been saved for one week, whew, let's go. God, am I being faithful? Am I being faithful? Am I being obedient to what you've told me to do? Maybe your question is saying, I don't even know what I'm being faithful to. God, what do you want me to do? If you don't know what God wants you to do, then that's your next question. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? God, is there anyone in this room that you want me to encourage? Is there anyone in this room that I need to pray for? God, is there anyone in my neighborhood that needs to hear about you? God, is there somebody I'm working with that needs um, a measure of faith? And God, how can you use me? The altar is open.
you need to if you need to come forward and apologize to God for maybe he's saying you know you haven't been faithful and maybe you're realizing today that maybe you've been that unfaithful servant maybe you say God I don't want to be that anymore maybe today is the day of God I don't even know what you want me to do maybe that your question starts there God what do you want me to do Maybe there's some things going on in your life that has nothing to do with anything that I've said and you just need prayer. Maybe as you sit here, maybe there's other people that you need to be praying for. This is our time that we have to meet God at the altar, to pray over someone at the altar. This is that moment where we can be most used by God.